my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Hello, welcome to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast from Beach Commute. You've got me and Diego back again for part two of our episode of surprising remote jobs that maybe you never thought could be done while traveling the world. So thanks for sticking with us. Last time, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and start there. We promised you 17 different jobs and we gave you 10 because we went in depth a little more than we thought we would for each of them. So now we've got nine more really fun ones for you. And again, overall takeaway here is just starting to think creatively about the types of jobs that could be done remotely that maybe you have never thought you could do, or at least just gets you thinking of maybe something unique and quirky that you'd love to do that you never imagined you could do while you travel the world. So I'm here in Bali, Indonesia today. Diego, where in the world yeah. are you? I am in uh, Istanbul, Turkey. I've been here for, for a little bit. We'll be here a little while longer. I try to stay in places now two months at a time, so I'm looking forward to that. Amazing. Yeah, it feels good. I'm I finally starting to catch up to you, Jago, to want to feel settled in a place for a little longer these days. We've both been traveling for over five years, longer. I don't know. I, I lose count. Six, seven, eight years. I don't even know anymore. But, life. Um, <laughs> life. <laughs> And then travel years, I like to pretend, not pretend, it feels, travel years often feel like dog years, where one year feels like a minimum of seven years, maybe more. So, like, we've really just been traveling for about 100 years each at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> feels feels like it. We've lived a lot of lives. Okay, so let's jump into it again. If you haven't listened to part one, go check that one out. So what's number one on the list today of surprising, fun, unique, weird, quirky jobs that people are doing while traveling the world? Yeah, awesome. Well, I'd love to kick us off with a marriage and family therapist who was on a trip with, it sounds spicy, I know. This person was on a trip with us in Florence that was, yeah, at the end of the last year. Yeah, and it's, 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 I guess you can, you can imagine that this person could be doing all of that remotely. And we kind of touched on that a little bit on the last, the last chat we had, the last uh, podcast episode, where we talked about the idea that a lot of people before the pandemic were doing these things in person that suddenly they were forced to do remotely. And then as soon as they were forced yeah. to do them remotely, it it broke the, if you will, I don't know, it broke the the seal of something that previously people thought wasn't, you know, they just never even thought about it that way, right? Anything that felt like it should be in person or it should be a more traditional role was never going to be considered for remote work. But now all of a sudden it was normalized. And that means that even now after the pandemic, people like this in these kind of roles can continue to work remotely. This person actually... She's got her own, ultimately she's built a company out of it, but she's hiring, you know, I I think she's got staff of maybe uh, 10 10 people there, all of them working remotely as well, right? So she's now created jobs in the same way that she likes to to live her lifestyle, right? So yeah, just really interesting to see. I love that. Do you know, I'm curious, Diego, what country she's from? She is from the States. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask because for therapy, there are specific rules that you really can, you're supposed to often only work from not even the country, but the state in which you're licensed. 
And I know actually when we were in Mauritius, I won't name names here. It wasn't actually anyone on our chapter, but another traveling friend who was coming through was a therapist. And she, some one of our guests called this stealth nomading, which I'd never heard. But she was traveling as a stealth nomad, meaning she didn't tell her employer that she was traveling because... She wasn't supposed to be doing this work while abroad or not in that state. So that's an interesting one. It's cool to see maybe with the pandemic and just different workarounds that people are finding ways to do these very traditional jobs that have to be in a specific state or city or country or location to start working remotely. And a lot of people I know are working as coaches to get around some of the more stringent rules because there really is no reason that you, you know, that that work that you're doing with uh, a client you're sitting in the same room or on a Zoom call, it really is the same. And maybe you get into some cybersecurity stuff, which we talked about in our last call. But anyway, I love this example because the world the world is changing and people want to travel. So what's next on the list? What's number two for today? Yeah, for the next one, I wanted to bring up um, somebody who's a civil rights analyst. She's actually on this trip right now with me here in Istanbul. We see her on a daily basis. And yeah, just an, just another interesting one that you know it it is the, the title I guess is self explanatory. It says you know what what it is at the end of the day, but it's just interesting to see a role like this that you hadn't really come across before. I certainly haven't as I've been traveling and seeing somebody doing this um, fully remotely as well. It makes sense at the end of the day, right? So a lot of these analytical type roles should be very easy to do online because you're you're literally just working on your computer. But it's maybe in, in areas where it just wasn't really you know people didn't really think about them as remote jobs. So that's another really interesting one. Yeah, right. I love these. Any other detail without? I don't know. It's, uh, so I'm not usually working. This person's in a in different accommodations. I don't usually get the chance to work side by side with her. But yeah, I'm really curious to actually ask her how how exactly her work her work functions. But she seems to yeah. be able to do it in a way where it's even asynchronous because she's based in the states and she's able to work local hours, which is actually fantastic when you're when you're traveling now. You know, she's she's in, in, in sorry in, in Istanbul in, in Turkey, which is you know, what, I think seven hours away from, mm-hmm. from Eastern time or so. So it's yeah. just really nice to be able to see her actually live, you know, normal, normal hours and be able to, to take advantage <laughs> of that. That is That's nice because we definitely have a lot of friends who do work for companies and are required to work nine to five, even if they are in Turkey or wherever you might be. So you get a lot of people working into the night and the evening and it's still definitely possible. But when you have that flexibility, it's, it's so nice to be able to sort of make your own hours, even if you are working a certain number of hours. So yeah. what's number three on the list for today? You know, I'd love to mention this one. It's, it's not going to come across as the most surprising or weird one, but I'll tell you why it is. Recruiter. So that's a role okay. that we haven't really seen in our community. And so again, community of 1,200 people. I've probably lived with, I think, four or 500 people over <laughs> the course of the last five, six years. And we haven't seen this role come up that much in in that time. I do wonder why, and I, and I wonder whether it's a you know, similar thing as we mentioned last time, where maybe it's one of the more traditional fields. You know, it's, it's a very well-established profession, right? Where yeah. maybe the, the, the profession itself has some resistance to, to this change, to, to becoming remote, right? But it, it's something that absolutely should be possible. As long as you have, you have a decent internet connection, you should be able to, to have most of these recruiting conversations happen remotely. And that's exactly what this person does. A lot of a lot of calls, obviously, a lot of sort of analyzing the the calls and making those decisions. And I can also tell you a little bit about, you know, Wi-Fi Tribe obviously also has its own roles within it. And every single person on our team is fully remote. We currently have 
if you will, basically five recruiters that are working flexible hours with us. And these recruiters are specifically people who bring new members into the community, right? So they, they do an interview process to, to bring somebody in. And they're, again, able to do all of their work remotely. It's literally just through, through a phone call that happens, 45-minute call, and, and that's, that's the process. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely possible, and you'll probably see a lot more of this popping up in the future. This is an area that I would encourage a lot of people to look at if they have those kind of you know, skills, that kind of background, and that kind of interest, because it certainly is something that can be done remotely. Yeah. If you're a people person, I get a lot of uh, these types of people just in terms of your skill set. If you like to, you know, you're that connector, you like to find people to, you know, move companies or, you know, a lot of people or you just enjoy talking to people and yeah, just making those new connections. That's a great one. And it, it does seem silly that it wouldn't be remote because you're often contacting people in different locations or you know, you're not like meeting these people for coffee every single day if you happen to be in a location. But like you said, just some of the, the industries are are just kind of old school and are just now starting again post-pandemic to be like, okay, you you definitely could do this job remotely. Go go travel the world and be free <laughs> and, and do this. So it's fun to see that switch starting. So what's number four on the list today? Probably one of the best ones that you will ever hear. And definitely one of my favorite remote jobs that I've ever heard of met. So this one is a dominatrix. This is a person Ooh. who I met met six years ago, right at the beginning of when we started started traveling with with the community. And yeah, she had just been like she'd been doing this this work for for quite a while. And now, for the first time, I think was starting to transition over into some things that she was doing, I guess, online or or remotely. But it was just the it was just the most the most interesting thing. And I, you know, I by that time I'd met several people who'd been doing very interesting jobs. But when this person told us what she was doing, I was just like, wow, that you know, respect. How do you how have you managed to to do that remotely and set it up for yourself? So yeah, absolutely fascinating. And I think. The, the 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 you know the the story behind all of this really is or or the the lesson behind all of this really is whatever it is that you enjoy doing whatever it is that you love to do or that you you're passionate about or that you know how to do well there probably is a remote job in it somewhere there's probably some element of that that you can do remotely absolutely somehow i feel like i've never heard of this this person or in the community or you talk about talk about it. So what a fun one. I'm like, I want to talk yeah. to this person and, and, and learn more. <laughs> so was she doing like one-on-one calls? Is that, is that sort oh, of like what she's doing or do you know? I mean, there's, I wasn't oh, privy to any else. of those. You all can right, imagine. All right. I, I wasn't, I wasn't the subject <laughs> in any of the, in any of the videos. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but, <sighs> but there is. But again, yeah. there's so much you could do, even if you think about like, I know, I don't know, there's some like taboo topics, but even taking this, like if that's, your interest you could be you know some people will do one-on-one calls you can be doing video tutorials you could be a, you know we had yeah. in our last part one of this we had a bitcoin blogger you can be blogging about it content creators like there's even within a topic again with my coaching i always like to say you know what what do you actually you know are you a writer do you like to talk to people do you even with within this particular topic which is um, a fun one of a dominatrix like there's so many different paths that you could take within it based on your skill set. So as Diego said, what do you what do you love to do and start thinking creatively about what's your zone of genius and the, the type of industry or topic that just like gets you excited to talk about. So all right, what a fun number four. That's probably my favorite so far, I have to say. <laughs> so <laughs> what's number five? What are we at? 
Yeah, I think number five actually ties really nicely into what you just said, Marissa, there. It's, so this this is a person who is a voiceover artist. And Ooh, um, he was, yeah, re- really interesting. He was doing this on our, we were in Panama, just this little island off the, off the coast of Panama in the Caribbean. Wonderful place, Bocas del Toro. And he... <laughs> He would do these, he'd have to do these basically voiceover recordings for, for work, right? So, you know, tying back into what Marissa said there, anything that you're talented at or that you're passionate about, you can probably find some way to do it remotely. So his way of doing that is he had, he had one good mic that he was traveling with. That was like his main, you know, tool. And then he would just, you know, depending on where he was at, obviously what he needs is a quiet room, right? He needs mm-hmm. some kind of a way to be able to do his voiceover recordings. And so in Panama... <laughs> We were like, what's in the closet? Where'd he go? Car. You know, that that's exactly it. He had to find himself a little closet somewhere off to the side. (laughs) I remember coming in once and he just had like a towel over his head inside his head inside the closet. Like he was just trying to muffle all of the sound. And I remember every time he was doing a recording, he would he was so frustrated because we had these chickens in the backyard. (laughs) They were going off. Every time that he started to do his recording, so he had to do, you know, three, four versions of his recording before he finally had one that was free of chicken. And that's uh, so funny. It, it worked out in the end. But this is, you know, these are this is just to, to speak to some of the challenges of maybe some versions of no these. bad problems. Oh, my that's God, amazing. Chickens. I love that chickens. I do know I've been in some locations, too. I remember. So I'm in Bali right now. But I remember last time I was here, a friend of mine was staying. And every morning, these, these chickens or roosters at like 5 a.m. They're just so loud. So you just you never know what will come your way when you travel. And we recorded part, part one of this episode. Diego, you had the call to prayer in the background there yeah. in Istanbul. So yeah, there, there are different caveats and challenges wherever you go. But if traveling is worth it to you, I think that's one of those things. Like I bet there's so many people. I have a friend's mom who, who does like voiceover work as well. Pretty like big time. And she has a whole studio set up at home. And I just can imagine, you know, there's all these limiting beliefs that we have with any career where you might be thinking whatever your career is, like, I couldn't do that because I have to have this equipment or this studio or this place. And like you said, you know, he travels with a microphone. I've seen people travel with full, you know, we have microphones some for podcasting, but I've seen people travel with like full sort of like studio setups. Part one, you talked about an electronic musician who traveled mm. with some like travel music gear. So yeah, I, I guess the lesson that I want to take away from this one is if you have a desire to travel and there's something else that you love, don't let it stop you. So what a fun one with, yeah, get creative. There's also so many co-working spaces that you can rent that have sound booths and things like that. So yeah, you know, you might have to do a little bit more research and, but it's still worth it to, you know, to live on an island in Panama, even if you have to record it three times with chickens. That's my takeaway. Oh, absolutely. And, and just imagine all the, all the fun bloopers. And when your client tells you that I have a version <laughs> that doesn't have any chickens in it. And, and honestly, he got, he got paid very well for it. It was, yeah. it, it worked out really, really surprisingly well. So, you know, you just make those things work. If, if you're, if, if financially it's working out for you, you're, you're enjoying what you're doing. It just takes a little bit of extra effort to find a place that's a bit more quiet to have the kind of setup that you need. But, you know, frankly, why would you let something as honestly minor as that stop you from literally being able to, in this case, explore the world or just, you know, live, live on your own terms? Yeah. And some things are hard. Like, again, with these takeaways, you might say, you know, I could do my job in a third of the time without chickens going, but then you also wouldn't be 
you could probably go to a third of the number of countries and places in the world in your lifetime too. So it's just kind of saying, you know, is that time is a little bit more effort? Are some obstacles worth it? And maybe for everybody, it's not. But if you're listening, and probably if you're listening, you have a desire to travel the world, listen to this podcast. So don't let it stop you. There's some things that are harder. There are some things that, you know, are easier, but overall, it's just that, that desire to, to see and experience the world. So who knew that the the chickens and the voiceover artists would give us such beautiful lessons here, Diego. <laughs> I love this. Um, Lots of all right. What's, yes. What's number six on the list? Yeah. So we're, we're going to switch to something a little bit more, more serious, but very, very interesting as well. So this is a person who's a human rights lawyer. I've now traveled with her on several different um, yeah, trips around the world. One of them was in, in Bolivia. You know, I'm half, I'm half Bolivian. So I kind of had the chance to sort of show her around you know, my country. And she is, she is one of the, the, yeah, just the most lovely, wonderful people that I've, I've had the pleasure to, to meet. You can imagine it, obviously, working in that area. She's clearly dedicated. You know, she had the opportunity to become a big corporate lawyer, but she dedicated herself and her time and her passion to, to a very you know, valuable field and to, to supporting other people there. And so, yeah, we've, we've now actually got, as, as far as I know, a few human rights lawyers in the, in the community. And the other one I'm thinking of right now is somebody that I met in, in Santa Marta in, in Colombia. For the first time, and this person, I remember recently actually, uh, one of the, the projects that she was working on was when, yeah, when when all of the when the army basically moved back to the states, and there was there was sort of a big problem with in, in Syria with then yeah people just just basically being being in trouble because sort of the, the the whole infrastructure was taken out immediately by by the terrorist group there. Then she was one of the people that helped people escape and supported them in getting wow. into the states people who had you know been working with the US government so she represented them legally so that they were getting their the protection that they required because obviously it was incredibly dangerous for them to stay right so that's just one of the you know it's a very sombering story but it's one of the things that that these these people have been able to do and and work on and you know and, and again let's bring it back to to what this topic is about here it is something you can do remotely. We talked about lawyers on our episode as well. And it's just one of those roles that is just because it's more traditional is less likely to be remote, but so much of the work should be remote because you absolutely can do it. Right. So I just want to, yeah. want to think about. Beautiful takeaways. And that is so cool. And so interesting. I love just the timeliness of the reminder of how, how recently that happened and the type of work that we can be doing. Okay, let's see. What is number seven on the list here? No, number seven is, this is a really funny one. So he's a guy who is a professional football gambler, Ooh, but he takes it very, very football seriously. Football gambler, that is specific. Yeah, and, and at the time that is actually football, professional football gambler turned policeman. And let me just caveat by saying, as a policeman, he was not working remotely, but he was really working <laughs> remotely in his in his job as a as a professional football gambler. So this person showed up to our our Medellin trip with a so just normal laptop, and then he took out of his suitcase like I don't know I don't know what they're called, but the the, the Apple screens like the the big computers, the literally <laughs> the size of his suitcase like it was filling the entire suitcase. Wow. And he just took it out and he put it on the dining table and. That was his work setup because he just needed this <laughs> massive screen to be able to look at everything that was happening as he was, you know, making decisions on where he was going to put money with with the football games. And 
it was it was fascinating because he didn't just do that. He then brought it onto one of the weekend trips where we went to a little finca off in the countryside somewhere in, in Colombia. And he, he, we had no idea he brought it in, into it into because he had to work, right? He had to work because <laughs> we were there for three days and there was no way around it. So we're all sitting at this at this tiny little cafe. You have to think about, you know, a, a Colombian town, you know, colorful little town, very quaint. It's got you know, a little church like these people have have barely ever seen a digital nomad like every now and then maybe some person with a laptop walking around but like it's it's it feels like it's very stuck in time in, in the most wonderful way and in comes this guy lugging a suitcase takes out this massive screen puts it on just on it on a table there in the in this little cafe out in nature basically oh my gosh and, and, and starts did he even, to do his like, work bring a, i'm like this couldn't fit in a backpack like how did he even bring it to this cafe <laughs> mind-blowing i mean he was he was lugging his his suitcase out there right <laughs> suitcase, up, up the oh cobblestone road yeah it was Oh it was my a, gosh. It was hilarious, but it's just another reminder of everything that we've been saying before about if you if you really want this kind of lifestyle, it is it is possible. It comes with its challenges and you know, his screen did get a crack at some point throughout the trip. But he he was very happy to to have been able to do this before he made his transition to becoming to becoming a policeman, right? And let me caveat by saying he was a wonderful guy. He was very polite about it. He you know, talked to the cafe owners <laughs> and and you know, obviously cuz that is I think the cafe owners just didn't know what to say, right? They just never came across right. this particular what situation. What do we do with this? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, but it is a good takeaway. I feel like there's actually two takeaways here. One, a football gambler. That's just so fun. I feel like that's so many of my friends just dream life in general. So do what you love is the takeaway. But also with, I imagine, let's, again, we, we, we hit on this before with the microphone for the voiceover and all of that. And again, musicians in our last episode, but there's so many times where people will make excuses and they're not fully excuses because it's, it's legitimate things where you, let's say you were that football gambler at home and you're like, Hey, I've got three screens, these giant things. I really need it to do my work. I can't live without it. Therefore I can't travel. Right. That's the conclusion that so many people come to for whatever that thing is an instrument, a microphone, a studio, whatever. But if you have a dream to travel, you, you know, it might be slightly inconvenient to pack an extra suitcase or a little bit more money to, you know, have to check a bag or, or like you said, it got cracked, but Again, is it worth it to travel the world, to see these places, to have these experiences? So not everyone will say yes, but if you are nodding your head along and you have a dream to travel, just remember like there are obstacles and it's still worth it and it's still doable. So this is your <laughs> your daily coaching to stop making excuses and figuring out how to do it instead of saying I can't. So, okay, what is next on the list? Awesome. Yeah. For the next one, I, I want to just, just a quick mention really of somebody very, very interesting, maybe, maybe the second most interesting job that we've seen come through, through our community there. So this, this person is a, um, a brain surgeon. And obviously the first thing that you're thinking about is God, I do not want somebody to be operating on my brain remotely. That does not sound like a good idea. Don't worry. That's not what he was doing. This guy was, <laughs> he, he arrived in, in Medellin and was there on it, on a trip with us as well. I, I didn't actually have the, the chance to meet him personally. So he was one of the yeah, people just talked about him. He's one of the people that was on one of our trips and um, one that I was not at that time, but he, uh, yeah, so his, his work basically, I, I did have the chance to interview him. So I was doing some of these interviews as well. And I, yeah, he's, he's just he was able to do some of his work because he has some components of his work where he does more sort of research focused things. 
and, and he's diving a little bit deeper into into different topics, basically, you know, just improving things. And that's when he realized he could he could take some of that time out and um, actually travel with it and do that work remotely, right? And of course, when he's operating on somebody, he's mm-hmm. he's you know going to be present. But who knows? It's, you know, five ten years from now, maybe maybe that's going to look different too, and there's going to be yeah. some magical remote yeah. machine. And there are remote doctors who do maybe not, you know, cutting open a brain, but who will see patients remotely or look at, look at different illnesses or talk about symptoms or, you know, talk to your patients remotely. So that is becoming a thing as well. But also I think one of the great kind of messages here, if you're listening to this is even if you're required to be in person or in a physical place or space for some of your job, Maybe there's some months that you can be doing a different aspect of it. So maybe you're there a month and gone a couple months, or you can work remotely for three weeks while you research or write or do something, you know, specific within that. So again, just to think creatively, even if you can't be gone for 12 months in a row, don't let that stop you if you have a dream to travel. Okay. I think we have one or two left, Diego. I've, I've lost Wait. count here. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're on number ten. We've got one, one more to go, and this is a this is a really fun one as well, just because it's yeah, it's quite it's quite quirky, quite interesting. So let's see. Yeah, poker professional player. poker player, exactly. And, right. and this is I'll, I'll caveat. Yeah, I'll caveat this by saying there are several of these actually in our in our community. Quite surprising. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really interesting. There's a period where there was just one, and we're like, oh, this is such a cool profession, and then in comes one more person. And that person knows so many others because they kind of had like a uh. poker co-living situation going on. And, and suddenly there were, you know, seven <laughs> professional poker players in the tribe. And so we were joking that that's, you know, oh, that's I never become knew that. the, yeah, it was, it was, it was a whole, Amazing. whole phase really. Um, it kind of become, <laughs> it became one of the most common professions within our community. <laughs> but that's it's, so funny. it's clearly not. Yeah, no, it's, it's nowadays, it's obviously not, not anymore, but so the yeah the as a as a professional poker player you can imagine you can obviously do all of that online everybody had sort of their their different version of it this guy it was absolutely fascinating to us he would be on his laptop he would be you know he'd wake up he'd get straight to you know work and it really is because this person is absolutely looking at it from from a very professional lens so it's not not a gambler mm-hmm. it really is is it's a calculated mathematical approach to things you know knowing that if he follows his formula and his rules and is consistent with it and doesn't get emotional about these decisions over time over enough time and with playing enough games he's going to come out on top right and so on this guy's worst day apparently he lost eighty thousand dollars it's not even it's not even a concept to me like that the amount of you know the fluctuation (laughs) the stress that somebody like that must feel and on that note side note this this guy did do several several meditation retreats week-long meditation retreats said that that's the only way that he managed to ground (laughs) himself to do something as stressful as this job right and in in order to be able to make the numbers work right as as he was saying he's got these formulas that he has to play enough games for it to work he would be playing 14 poker games at the same time on his laptop. So you what? would see him sitting there and he would just be clicking around wildly on his on his screen. Wow. But at the same time. So how, to me, it's just totally mind-blowing. How does he know what is going on in each of these 14 games to for which he is, you know, he's betting money, right? He's, he's putting, 
he's putting money, uh, real money in. But yeah, that was that was it. And some some months he would be very happy. Other months he would be kind of upset because <laughs> it didn't, didn't pan out. But he knew that in the long term it was going to work out. And a fun story with this, I just wanted to kind of end it on because I just I, th I think this this person is so fascinating. He has since decided to quit playing poker professionally because it is very stressful. And he has bought himself, he's fallen in love with, with, with Panama in general and loves coffee. So he bought himself a coffee plantation somewhere in Panama and a, and a, <laughs> a house there on the, in the countryside. And he is now figuring out how to support the whole movement of smart or, you know, eco, eco villages. Yeah. Just absolutely oh, fascinating. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just recently met him again in, in Antigua in Guatemala and he was telling me about how sort of everything is. Wow. It's so amazing. And, and as you say that, it's fun because I feel like we've met so many people who, you know, I, I imagine this guy, if he was just sitting, I, I imagine these people like sitting at home in a basement with like a bunch of screens and like soda and caffeine. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, like the typical person doing this with like headphones on, I don't know, regardless, but you don't really get out and see the world. So it's neat that this guy, you know, had he not started traveling doing this job probably never would have gotten to Panama or learned that he had an interest in those things and then taken this turn in life. So sometimes, I mean, so many of our friends, have, you, you learn so much and transition and find things you love and places you love through traveling while you're doing these other jobs. So it really just opens you up to so much in the world. So there's so many cool lessons within within each of these, but each that does sound like yeah. a stressful, stressful role. And I know someone back home who is a professional poker player as well, but he does all like in-person games that are kind of just like underground, but he he's there in person. And also there's some days where he's like, I just lost $150,000. And it's like, oh, wow, that's some people's whole salaries and maybe double that. But yeah, it's cool that this guy found a way to do it online and take it remotely. And they it is real work. I've, I've seen this. It definitely takes some dedication. So beautiful list of fun remote jobs. Any just kind of full takeaways as we wrap up this episode, Diego? Yeah, I mean, if, if we kind of just consolidate, I think the, the most important less, lessons from, from all these things that we've seen and, and, and all these people that we've met doing these different things, it's, it's to, to allow yourself to, to dream about the what if, the, you know, what, what could be possible with this profession that I have or this skill that I have, this expertise, this, this talent, and just take it a step further and go, could I maybe? do this remotely, right? And just by asking yeah. yourself that question, it starts to open the mind to, to the possibility of looking at something in a different way. And that might just be the beginning, just the start of walking down a journey that ultimately leads you to changing something so fundamental in your, in your life, right? But if you never ask yourself that question of what if, or could it be possible, then yeah. you never allow yourself to, to, to even get a step closer to making it a possibility. Right. And I think yeah. that's what these people have done. What a beautiful lesson. I wholeheartedly support that takeaway. And then I think my added one that I've, that I kind of took away as you were talking is to not let the obstacle, the seemingly impossible obstacle stand in your way. So it goes to that same question of just kind of, you know, how not only just with the career, but how can I overcome these obstacles or logistics or whatever is really standing in your way to make it possible? So Love as that. always, yeah. check out beachcommute.com slash 91. If you want to see a list of not only just these weird list of kind of some random jobs, but 91 
job titles that people in our community are doing so you can start to get a feel and inspiration for what's out there, what's possible. Maybe you'll see something on the list that you would love to do and want to start applying to so that you can travel the world too. So check that out. And other than that, we hope that you enjoyed this two-part episode. If you love these, let us know, leave a comment or a review and let us know you like these and we will share some more random, fun, quirky, surprising jobs that can be done remotely. And with that, we will see you next week in the next episode. Sounds amazing. Thanks for listening.